0: work.
1: Nice. I'm going to lock
0: them out. <clears throat> Thank you. I almost did earlier, but they were being so good. And then as soon as I started recording, like literally I hit the red button and they they just started trying to eat my mouse uh cord and my uh XLR
2: cable. I just yeet my <sighs> cat when he starts doing that.
0: Yeah. I kind of did, which is why I was frowning for a minute because <laughs> I, I tried to one-handed pick up Ash, and she did like some body bending shit, and I just like tossed her, and she landed <laughs> on her she landed butter side down. No,
2: and, uh, cats can't land butter side I down. No,
0: but maybe
2: kittens can though. Oh boy, <laughs> and uh, and I felt so bad about it. I'm thankful to uh, to have a bed right here that I can eat him onto safely. Just throw him right on. Yeah. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Ben Young, filling in for Colin Brandon, who didn't do his homework. And with me tonight Boo. is... Mark Bonker. And that's it, because we're the only that's good boys. It. Yeah. We're the I'm only... usually a bad boy. Yeah, but... you are a bad boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well... That's for the Patreons to find out.
2: Oh! Uh, we are doing... <laughs> this week we are talking about The Bad Batch, the new Star Wars animated series created by the one cowboy boy himself, Dave Filoni, uh, developed by Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. Uh, the 16-episode series was had a supervising director of Brad Rao, starred D. Bradley Baker, Archie Panjabi, and Michelle Ong, among many, many others, uh, composed by Kevin Kiner. I just wanted to point that out because he is awesome. Uh, executive producers, Dave Filoni, Athena Yvette Portillo, uh, Jennifer Corbett, and Brad Rau. Uh That's that's like all the information uh, that I have for you. Um, no budget obviously no box office premiered on disney plus for 16 episodes over the last 16 or so weeks uh and it's well worth the watch before we even jump into it it's well well worth the watch so get over there and watch it i guess at this point absolutely at this point colin would ask me to give the synopsis really quick so i'll do that and then we'll get into it sure As the Galactic Civil War comes to an end and the Empire takes root, a batch of mutated clones known as Clone Force 99, or the Bad Batch, are forced on the run when they refuse to execute Order 66. It's a bad batch.
0: The bad batch.
2: Wow. Okay uh Mark what were you going to say before before I I cut you off
0: That I wish that I had watched this over the course of its release I really do There are certain shows that I think are bingeable but I, for the majority of things that I watch, I feel like they really benefit from having time to digest each episode and look forward to the next. So, uh, I kind of regret, I mean, I watched it over the course of a week. It wasn't like I binged it in two days, but I regret, uh, not spending more time letting this sink in. You know,
2: Uh, I, I did binge it in two days. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying because this is a good episodic show. In in ways that like the Mandalorian is not, and I'm probably mm. going to be comparing this this to the Mandalorian a lot today, um, which I think is fair. Yeah, uh, and I you know where the Mandalorian must be binged the they aren't episodes at all. It's a long movie. This show definitely has the benefit of of being a strictly episodic series. But that being said there are some episodes throughout this that I would have been a little bummed that that's all I got that week. Um, coming straight to mind is um, Devil's Deal. I think Devil's Deal was probably the weakest episode in the series, and that's mm. still saying it's it's a great episode still. Devil's Deal is the one, is the first episode on Ryloth where we uh, meet back up with Cham Syndulla and uh, his family now. Uh, Cham Sindula, of course, was in The Clone Wars. A lot of characters... Yeah returning from the clone wars did you ever finish the clone wars mark
0: no so i am on season three i believe let me i can actually look right now um it uh a lot of the things that were relevant in the show i did get to which was very fortunate on my side did you unless there are things that i just didn't know i didn't get to
2: did you watch the bad batch batch of episodes in season seven before this
0: no yeah,
2: the Bad Batch is introduced in season seven. Uh, they were originally of the, um, back when the, season, the show was canceled in season six, uh, the writers, actually everyone from the show, released like whatever they had worked on for the next series of episodes, and it was the Bad Batch. And that kind of gave everyone steam to be able to push Disney to allow them to finish the series. On uh, hmm. when it when, di- when it arrived on Disney Plus, so that's that's like the Bad Batch is kind of Dave Filoni's big big baby. Like he's been really passionate about them this whole time. I think they're a great idea. Uh, but but yeah, most of the recurring characters, uh, you know, you have like Rafa and what's her name, her sister. They're from the season seven. Uh, Bane, of course, is throughout the entire. Clone Wars series. Yeah, he's,
0: he's... I was really excited to see him come back. Although I... there are certain things where it's like, well, I know that, you know, there's not... I shouldn't say no stakes, but it lowers the stakes in any of the episodes that uh, he would be in following this, because I know he's fine.
2: Yeah, I, yes, and I hear you, but also, like, Cad Bane is also one of those <laughs> characters who's like, cockroach. Like, he can't yeah. die. Yeah. I thought that was it for him, because uh, I don't believe he appears... In rebels at all i still have to watch it uh but he uh i when he went over that wall and cloud and and on bespin i was like oh boy that's it for him and, and then he activates his boots and i'm like oh of course it's not it for him it's cad fucking Vain. the yeah, dude right. can't die uh and so i was uh, ah man that that whole, wasn't bespin was it i you know it probably wasn't bespin but it was basically bespin
0: Okay. Um, yeah, th- it was very similar.
2: Yeah. Let's see if it says what it was in the episode that was. You know, I, Bounty they said Lox it was like right? an,
0: They said it was an old, uh, an old base. Oh, Sam Regal,
2: I didn't realize. And Liam O'Brien, how yeah, about it? They are Catch and Bolo, uh, the Sid's two idiots who stay in the parlor.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam uh, Liam O'Brien is also voices. He voices the slaver on uh in the episode where they get the uh the rancor, Jabba's rancor. He voices oh, that yes. the bad guy and that he he has a couple other voices as well. Um I don't think they s- it doesn't say where the ship was or where the where the planet was. Uh oh here we go. It was on Bor Boravlo- Bor Borovio. So basically Bespin, but it wasn't whatever (laughs) but that the visuals for that episode my favorite episode by the way of um of fennec and cad bane fighting in the abandoned building with the clouds kind of leaking into the building was like better than anything star wars has done so far in my opinion like it was such a great scene and it is my I, I i'm gonna be pointing that from here on out from my argument of why we should just end all live action star wars just cut it all off cancel the mandalorian and and make boba fett animated uh because i think it's just better i think they could do better you could do more with less budget when it's animated and i think that would be a better uh choice hmm
0: yeah i don't know it's hard for me to advocate for that, considering I work in special effects. So you're advocating saying... for the the loss of my job, my department's job. Well, as you don't well as... work on Star Wars. No, but I, I, I mean, you know, that's there's the reason the budget is lowered is because there are many less people that work. I just think make it happen.
2: I just think in the case of Star Wars specifically, Star Wars and the bad batch the clone wars proved it already but the bad batch really cements it is that the the series the all the franchise uh it can the stories can be told better in a medium that does not mean live action it can be told better in books like look at it look at the history books have been better comics have been better video games have been better and and the animated shows have been better In every way. Like, I know people like the Mandalorian, but to tell me the Mandalorian is better than the Bad Batch is, like, I'd look at you and be like, you're a liar. Because we (laughs) get so much more out of these 16 episodes than we have in the Mandalorian's two seasons of 16 episodes. They've got 16, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, It just doesn't have the same breath. Maybe that has to do with the pacing they felt like with it being animated they didn't have as much in a frame that you could look at maybe i don't know i'm not sure i'm not sure why they or maybe they're trying to pace it more similarly to clone wars but the show moves very fast Mm -hmm. now the episodes are also i mean all the mando episodes are an hour right these are all about 25 minutes the so, The
2: longest Mandalorian episode, I think, is like forty eight minutes. Oh yeah. the shortest is like twenty eight.
0: Hmm. so
2: like they they definitely never used their time well in the Mandalorian that much is for sure
0: i mean the the I think the show lends itself well to animation, considering the scope. The Mandalorian is very very much more outskirts you know wild west small towns Mm -hmm. but this is so big they kind of needed to animate it i don't think they could have done it any, any other way unless it was a you know billion dollar project
2: well even the fact that uh i mean the clones the clones make this half must a must be animated situation as well uh i mean things are not the same since uh since uh to Tamura Morrison um has gotten old. They can't you know, they can't use him for the clones anymore. I mean, it'd be it would be weird to, to not use him. So it just this demands animation. Um yeah.
0: well helmets and I mean yeah the, all the uh the bad batch are all you know, pretty different. I think Hunter is probably the most straightforward one. I they guess be-
2: you you could hire a bunch of lookalikes, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it'd be a pretty narrow scope, I guess. But, uh... I don't know. I mean, all the... Most of the troopers you see, apart from the first episode or so, when they get in the cafeteria fight and all that on Kamino, uh, they're all fully suited up. Apart from the Bad Batch. And, uh, I guess Rex. And they like, two other guys you see. Who was the, um...
2: The guy on Ryloth. Who was that? Uh, which guy? The clone? Yeah. He, w- he was new. Uh, I don't believe he's appeared in the Clone Wars at all. Uh, he seems to be kind of just a-, a character. I think his point was that he is a clone. Either... See, this is one I was thinking about as well. The question is, is his inhibitor chip also not working? Or are the clones, now that Order 66 has been executed and that was the basis of the inhibitor chips, now that that order has been executed and is complete, can the clones kind of think for themselves, is the question. And yeah. maybe that's why, maybe that is, is truly what the Empire is actually afraid of, is that the clones are going to look around and go, wait a second, what did we just do? <laughs> Things are, and, they, and as they already are, you can tell, like, you know, the, the, these clones on Ryloth are like, wait, we didn't fight for this. This is wrong. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of... I, they were to really show that this, the Empire does have a motive in phasing out the clones, which is, which is actually a great segue into really the bulk of what this series is about. Um, the question that's always been on everyone's minds ever since Episode 2 came out back in the day is what happened to the clones.
0: Okay. And...
2: It does that by introducing a great new villain uh, in Va- Vice Admiral Rampart. Uh, I thought he's a great, great addition to this. A, a ladder-climbing uh, admiral in the new Galactic Empire who puts forth the idea that maybe uh, we shouldn't have clones anymore. And maybe it's better if we get voluntary recruits instead. And Tarkin accepts that challenge and says, all right, uh, give it a shot. Let's see what you can do. And so now this guy has has stake in the game to see the clone program phased out, and that is such a great setup for the for the entirety of of the conflict that's happening in this series. That it makes it that gives it a bigger breath than just the story of five defective clones. It really sets this sets the show in its own important place in the canon of Star Wars. Uh, as we begin to question the nature... Uh, we really begin to question the nature of the clones and whether this is right or wrong, et cetera, et cetera, and really gets into that whole sci-fi aspect. Yeah. I Yes, uh, this,
0: this premise is more than I was expecting out of the show, really. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into for the most part. Um, I knew it had to do with them being on the run after not... Executing Order 66. But I didn't, didn't realize to what extent uh, this evolved. I wasn't expecting Camino to be destroyed. That was... S- I mean, I figured they started leaning towards it partway into the series, but that kind of caught me off guard, really. This, especially for how I mean, it did exactly what Mando did, which was, oh, we laid some groundwork. Now we're just going to enjoy ourselves for a while. And then, uh, oh, that's right. We have like a story to tell here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just like, it it was almost like they slipped back into the rhythm of Clone Wars for a minute. And they was just becoming, you know, serial. And then uh, all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got to, we got to wrap this up here.
2: Well, I think they, they, they had the ability. I think they had the ability to do that uh, being that it is, they had 16 episodes. so. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they had the ability to throw in some filler to kind of make you care about these characters in case you hadn't already. Because their, their Clone Wars series of episodes, I was like, these are cool, but I'm not, like, into it. Uh, you know, like, I was like, this is, they're fun little characters. It's a fun idea. Um, I I would like to see where it goes, but I'm not, like, on their side yet. And so a lot of these these little filler episodes really got me on their side as I got to know them. And I I remember thinking at the beginning of the season, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be remembering their names. There's no way in hell. I was like, They're, uh. now I'm like, yeah, it's a Wrecker, Hunter, Tech, and Omega. And, and, of course, Crosshairs. The, oh my god, the bad guy, Crosshairs.
0: <laughs>
2: um, but I, I'm- Incredible. I, and a, and a, an incredible character. Uh. The the true twist, they, they got themselves an I Am Your Father twist at the end of this season as well. Which yeah. Really blew my mind. I was like, and I wanna know more about what happened. The uh the twist that Crosshairs actually removed his chip, uh his inhibitor chip, well before anything happened. What a guy. I,
1: they left that kinda up in the air. I mean
0: Like they showed, they showed the, you know, cat scan x-ray kind of a deal Mm -hmm. when he was getting zapped in the beginning. Like there was no doubt about that. They really obviously turned him up to 11. So the question is where in the, in the whole mess of this did that take place? Because it. It cannot have been from the beginning. I don't remember. I didn't oh, care to right. go back and look if he had those scars in the beginning. But uh, there's no way that could have happened. You're right. Beginning. He
2: seems to get hurt in the first episode, right? Yeah, and it even says here, uh, they are arrested for treason and Tarkin has crosshairs inhibitor chip enhanced, turning him against his squad mates. So that means he, at some point in the series, had it removed... Why? That's so interesting. So, like, the, the, it even, so unless that's a gigantic mistake on their part, which I, I don't think so. No. Why would he do that? Would it, would, I wonder if it was a situation where he wanted to make sure that he was supporting the side he wanted to support, you mm. know? Like, he wanted to make sure he's on the right side. So he has the chip removed and is still like, no, I'm on the right side. I'm on the side I want to be on. And that, that is in its own right, is powerful uh, for a tyrant, you know, for um, a tyrannical government to have that kind of guy. Maybe, Maybe there's a situation... Oh, man, wow. I
0: don't know. It's wild that he... I mean, I didn't expect him to just fall right in at the end, especially if he had removed his chip, because he had been processing... The way they left him, you know? Um, ooh, that makes that line even better when he's like, and I didn't. And they said we had no choice, and he said, and I didn't.
2: Yes, I caught that one. I,
0: I didn't think about it until now, because th- that was before the reveal. But, uh, man, I can't believe he just... They just left him there. I really thought they'd fight him more. I mean, there's only so much you can do, I guess, but they just kind of like left him on that platform.
2: <laughs> It's going to be interesting because uh, they did point out that Imperial Scouts are likely going to come and confirm the destruction and will mm. inevitably find him. Um, I don't know how Rampart's going to feel about it. Uh, that's the thing.
0: Yeah. He left him to
2: die. Crosshairs is going to have to tell them. If, he, if if Crosshairs has any hope of surviving, he's going to have to tell Rampart that they're still alive and that he need, he needs Crosshairs to get them. But uh but that also means he just let them escape. So I don't know what exactly how exactly that's all gonna turn out. But, yeah. but season two is renewed. It has been renewed. Uh season two in twenty twenty two. We're confirmed. Ooh. Yep. 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 Um that's all really, really exciting, of course. Um, but really, like the whole the whole meat and potatoes of this of this series is the question of like it, 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 well, the Clone Wars starts setting it up, of course, by giving these these each of these clones their own identity, their own nicknames. You know, you've got Echo, you've got Fives, you've got all sorts of the Rex, Cody, all of these clones. And now we have a guy named, uh, this guy Rampart, who's like, "Yeah, we're done with clones." And it's almost, you know, it's it's almost like he's willing to commit a genocide on a people to to ladder climb at this point which really sets him up as a bad guy and now the question becomes is he is is what he's doing wrong or right you know like it's and obviously the question is it's the answer is it's wrong but you Hmm. you know the the moral the moral conundrum of it all is there they are still just clones you know so like oh you know well they are property of udala and the Kaminoans. They don't actually, you know, despite the fact that they have these cultures... Kaminoans, Ben. Kaminoans, excuse me. I mean, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Uh, despite the, you know, even going as far as to, like, Omega. Omega is, for all intents and purposes, Camino's property. But, of course, then that comes into slavery issues. Yeah, she's... They're,
0: they're people. I mean, they wouldn't it's It's very tricky. they're They're treading some weird ground there, obviously. Powerful ground. I mean, I mean, the, the the comparison of the clones and, you know, conscription and everything, like they're just like sent right in, faceless, you know, soldiers, just literally well, not literally, but identical essentially faceless Mm -hmm. soldiers just like shuffled in where they need to go put in these places to complete a task and that was what i really didn't like about the clone wars in the beginning was the way they just disposed of them at will for the sake of the story you know uh oh we saved r2d2 but this whole uh you know this whole major class ship just went down full of, <laughs> yeah. full of clones and they're like, but we saved our two. Whoa. And the we all credits. Like <laughs> that was the first two seasons of clone wars. And I really didn't care for it because of that. Maybe not the first two, the first season at least. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they really started to shift and like give a lot more depth and character to these, uh, you know, the clones and to everyone in general as the series was progressing.
2: Well, the first season of the Clone Wars, not that we want to make this a Clone Wars podcast, but I guess you can't talk about this without talking about that. Uh, the first season of the Clone Wars has an episode that features the death of a, of a clone, of a, of a group of clones that actually continue to appear throughout the rest of the series. Um, and really? yeah, uh, hang on. I'll, I'll look up, it's because they, they it, you, were, you were introduced to them and they die uh it's all it's the moon base that they are are tasked with defending and they actually fail the mission um let me look this up really quick vamp while i look it up
0: uh, oh i don't know there's just two of us i don't know how to vamp without talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um oh the oh i forgot layer of grievous was in the first season yep Lair that's an incredible in episode season. That was my favorite episode in the first season.
2: Easily. Uh so, uh, rookies is the episode. So I'm gonna look up the Clone Wars rookies. And um here we go. Rookie it's the fifth episode of the first season, and it features heavy, echo, fives, droid bait, and cut up. And heavy and fives are the only ones to survive, I believe, in this in this episode. Uh, Echo actually dies, or is, is thought to be dead. Um, and this isn't a spoiler, because you know all this. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I won't say what happens, obviously, because, uh, the continuation of that is later in Clone Wars. But, um, I believe, as I check here, unfortunately, blah 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 blah, Heavy is wounded, the droids are unsure of what to do with him. Heavy defiantly says that he doesn't. Yeah, Heavy actually dies in that episode. Uh, so Echo and Fives are the only ones to survive in this one, actually. My apologies mm. I, I misspoke um but they bring back the characters later in other episodes to kind of flesh them out uh and I think it's it's really important because it's a lot like what you talked about, where it's like, here are these clones, and they're dead, and it's like, no, but wait, they were people, and let's talk about that, and it really the the introduction of the episode which I believe is the Season 2 premiere of their training. It's either the Season 2 or the Season 3 premiere, which is their training. Really yeah, kind pretty. of, it changes the tone of the entire series to be like, no, 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 they didn't just die. They are people, and they this is who they are. You you saw what happens to them, but this is who they were first. And they're kids, you know? They're, they're, they're young soldiers eager to get out there in the fight, at first because they are programmed undoubtedly they're programmed to fight but we see it a lot with like in the clones on ryloth you know they may have been programmed to fight but they came to care about what they were fighting for and they came to care about the people they were fighting for and the jedi they were fighting with i mean look at rex and cody who cared rex who of course did care deeply for anakin and ahsoka especially ahsoka rex and ahsoka have a have a very very strong bond and uh, Cody, of course, with Obi Wan, which makes Episode Three all that more heartbreaking when it comes time mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, it really, it really goes to show that these these clones are are their own people, which makes what Rampart's trying to do that much more egregious. Is not only is he raising an army for for this tyrannical government, not only is he forcing everyone into these chain codes that are gonna allow them to track everyone throughout the galaxy. But he is looking to wipe out an entire culture, an entire group of people, you know, uh, uh, I guess a warrior culture when you really put it down to who they are, uh, for his own gain, for a ladder-climbing operation. He wants to be higher up in the galactic food chain, in the Empire, M- Empire's food chain, and he's willing to kill a bunch of dudes for it. He doesn't care about the clones. He just, he, want, he cares about what's next for him, and that's clear the moment we meet him.
0: Which I think is a, uh, you know, kind of distillation of what the Empire is about anyway. It's mm-hmm. clearly just people sacrificing anything, anyone else in their wake to get further along the line into their goals.
2: Yep, and, and and the irony of it all being that none of it matters, because none of them ever actually have any true power in this situation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the em- Emperor can just send Vader to dispose of whoever is causing too much trouble, or whatever, what have you. And then, ultimately, none of that is a question, uh, you know, at a point either.
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah, man, Yeah. It's wild. It's it's something really interesting that I had. The way they're able to give these episodes, uh, in the Clone Wars and Mandalorian as well, and uh, Bad Batch here, obviously, it's interesting considering the placement of the content, like the way that there's so much room to breathe in these, uh, you know, gaps in the main the core continuity that they're able to fill and still give a lot of power to, and a lot of, uh, you know, danger to these situations when you know where they're going to go anyway. But they, it's pretty strong character writing, I think really.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and given, given a section of the, like people like to scream about legends being written out of, written out of Canon. I'm going to preempt what I'm saying with this, which is there is plenty of material between, uh, the Clone Wars and the Galactic Empire setting. Like, there's plenty of material that was written in that era, but there's very little material written on the clones and what became of their place in all of that post-Galactic Civil War. And I, I, I'm sure there's some people wrote some, some little stories about a clone here and a clone there. But it doesn't matter because, and, and first of all, let's, let's remember that the Clone Wars was canon before Disney got their hands on it, and it is canon after Disney got their hands on it. So the Clone Wars is one of the few ex- extended universe things that actually survived the mouse. Um, this is really, this is probably the most important story that is being told in the Star Wars universe right now. You know, the story of what happens to a soldier when the war is over. Uh, you know, yeah, these, these soldiers have their own culture. They have their own, their own identities. They've they've created their identity out of war because that's all they knew. That's all they've ever known. And now that the war is over, uh, they're being abandoned by their leaders. Uh, not just abandoned, but thrown to the side.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, uh, I mean
0: the the Ryloth episodes directly address this whole. Concept of your your everyday citizen as well, not just your soldiers. Mm-hmm. Your citizens living through war times, coming out the other side and trying to allow themselves the peace that they have fought for the whole time. And you know they they address that directly, and I thought that was really a pretty heady topic to address. And that otherwise, so far at that point, pretty lighthearted uh show
2: yeah yeah it's powerful stuff and i mean then you even like you could take it a step further and get into the issues of like i said earlier like like slavery you know like we could talk about what crosshairs is actually afraid of you know is crosshairs evil no i don't think crosshairs is evil at all i don't think he's looking at the empire and going yeah no this is right i think crosshairs is looking at everything uh now that his inhibitor chip is removed, he looks at everything and he realizes what the status quo is and he understands that not just his existence but the existence of his brethren is dependent on his following orders. Cuz the moment he disobeys an order is the moment he's no longer useful. Because he sees the winds of change, he knows where things are going and that's why he really wants to get the batch in on him, on his his deal. I think at the end when he offers to to have them join them and and together fight the fight for the empire is he's he's probably sees that they he could argue their usefulness as long as they're willing to play ball and can protect them and can save them because uh, that's the only way that they're going to survive this and that's what's he what's in his head now does that make him right no of course it doesn't make him right but it's just you know you need to understand where he's coming from in that regards. He's not just doing it because he's the bad guy. He's doing it because he's, he's terrified at what's happening around him.
0: Yeah, I hadn't, uh, you know, that's obviously the, the content I have the least amount of time to really digest here mm-hmm. um, coming into the episode. That's, that's a great way to look at it. The, especially knowing that he had removed the inhibitor chip. Him, him having this spot, you know, where he's been given all these resources. I mean, they, they, he's a commander. That's uh, considering the way they've been disposing of the clones so casually. At that point, he has been given a lot of leeway and trust, uh, especially with the rest of his team having been deserters. Yeah. So the fact that. He's seeing that from the inside. Seeing what they've given him and what they're allowing him, you know, to pull them back in is his protection of them as well. I hadn't really thought of it, you know. I knew he was... He's been doing some shady shit, so you were just assuming that he was fully, you know, under their control. But seeing that he, for who knows how long, has been playing their game to continue... Being a part of their system and being protected, for this all for the sake of getting them back in at some point, like that's—it's sad. Man, I hadn't like fully processed that. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's sad. It really is. Um, you know, it makes him. It makes he's he is you know, in some ways worse because of it, but in some ways like understanding why he's doing it, it makes it sad more than anything. That it's just like. He just wants to protect his his brothers, especially with what Omega tells him at the end. I I think that's gonna carry a lot of weight with him going into season two. That you know she says, "Uh, they're they're still your brothers, and you're still mine too." And also, by the way, just side note, I love that they're her younger brothers. I think that's fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: I do. It also means that she's gonna outlive them
2: yes greatly (laughs) yes uh they do get old quickly uh and that was kind of the that was kind of the understanding for a long time is that everyone's like well where are the clones by the time episode four starts it's like well they died they they age faster so they die which is very much the truth but this is a great way to show well they don't go peacefully into the night like it's not just like okay all of you get retirement Goodbye. Mm. It's like no, nope, they are. They go on. Wasn't a large portion of the
0: 501st uh, clones
2: originally? The 501st Legion began with the clone troopers, uh, and it carried through into the Empire. Uh, I'd be interested to see them in the Bad Batch at some point. I don't know if they make an appearance in the re- in Rebels at all. Rebels seems like it would be a perfect place to show where the 501st are, but most mm. of the clones, I believe, are are dead by Rebels. I know of one specific clone that is in Rebels who is quite, quite old at that point. So I won't get into that, but, um, or spoilers, but, uh, I'd have to assume most of them are dead by that point, which is only, I think Rebels is only five years post Order 66. So they're probably all pretty close to their way out on their way out. It's just all about the question of like, and I think that's something that they all know in the back of their minds it's just all about the question of what kind of impact they're going to leave. And the idea that now, and I think they've kind of realized this after this whole season, that they have to choose a side. Crosshairs chooses his side at the end of it. You know, that is that. He's not coming back. And they ha- I think they're going to realize pretty quickly going into season two that they need to kind of maybe seek out Rex, maybe seek out a way to kind of help this, this thing because it's only going to get worse from here. And I think that's kind of what they have to realize now.
0: Yeah, they were running for it from a running from it for a time. Um obviously the uh their contact, Sid, um did a lot to kind of hold them back from taking that next step as well. As much as that might have been mm-hmm. complacent in their eyes, like, oh we've got marching orders again. Oh darn we're trapped in her you know her economic situation, guess we gotta keep doing what she says, and it's like, well, they're kind of just getting missions again and going, doing her bidding, and not really giving it too much of a fight, you know? I feel like that was kind of subtle. I don't know yeah. if that was part of their way of making it serial again, like them getting some missions that were light to uh, fill out the season. Not like it wasn't good content, but, you know, to give some some more content for the season. I don't know if it was that subtly or if they really were just, you know, I'm just reading into it more than they actually put that in there.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I think there is something there, honestly, like the, you know, they, they know how to fight and they're good at that. And they, they don't realize that they're just kind of back where they were before. And they, they will realize that I'm sure. Um, you know, it's fun to think of them that they, the, you know, the bad bats just go around being bounty hunters for the rest of their lives and protect Omega as much as they can, and, and that's that. The end. But that's not who they are. And they've, they've kind of established themselves as genuinely very good people. And I think that they're, they they, they're going to have to decide to use this, use their opportunity for something better. And I think that's really where it's going. Uh, you know, it's not like they have to, you know, sign a contract with Rex's voice actor for a number of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, well, we really want them to hang out with Rex, but how are we supposed to get Rex on for eight episodes? That's crazy. <laughs> what do you think, D? Yeah. Can we get Rex in? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Um... <laughs> The last thing I wanted to talk about, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and uh, you might have more after me, but I just wanted to also point out uh, uh, Lama Sue now works for the Empire. Mm. Uh, Great way to bridge over that that knowledge that, uh, well, (sighs) there's a lot of things happening here that they're tying into, I think, potentially with that. The first question is of cloning with the Emperor, which is always something that... It's not in the movies uh, for sure yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that he created Snoke in a, in a test tube. Um, but that's all we really do know. The question of whether he was cloned or whether he survived Jedi is, is kind of up in the air still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also know that the uh, Empire was cloning in the Mandalorian. That they were... Uh, attempting to use, um, I don't remember his stupid fucking name, Gringo or whatever. Grogu? Uh, yeah, Grogu. Uh, <laughs> they were attempting to use his blood. They were they were trying to do blood inter- uh, interfusions or whatever to uh, transfer the force to a body. Maybe, presumably, the Emperor's. Uh, that's kind of all up in the air, but I think that's that we're gonna get some answers as far as that with Lama Sue. I don't think this is the last we've seen of her, otherwise they wouldn't have shown that that at the end there.
0: Right. Yeah. Man, they really didn't. I mean, they shy of blaster noises behind the door closing. They really.
2: Um, oh, Dolphon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they really put him to bed.
2: Oh yeah, no, he did. <sighs> or maybe they tied him up and, and left him there to be to sink into the ocean which would be a much colder and, yeah. thing
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. i'm curious if there were cl- if they were if those were clones or tk units left to left to deal with him
0: uh they were death troopers weren't they
2: i'm pretty sure they were wearing og clone uniforms though i'm unsure hmm um but it seemed That's I, pretty I, dark yeah, well it's you know, it's very much this this thing of like watching their children kind of either fizzle out or be used against them, and as much as Zudalafan has kind of continuously been written as a as a two faced little shit, uh you know, it is he did still give give creation to all of these all of these clowns, so it is.
0: Yeah, it's just hard. I mean, even in this series he's uh yes. Bring back Omega, retrieve her, you know, biometric DNA, whatever, blah, 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 Kamino talk, and then dispose of her like, like it's nothing.
2: Yeah, and, but, like, this isn't anything new. Like, I think people think, like, I, I often think back to episode two, and it's like, eh, whatever, but if you really sit down and think a lot about what Odalophon's telling Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode two... Like, this dude got an order for a clone army for the Galactic Republic and didn't confirm with anyone in the Galactic Republic. He did nothing. He got an order <laughs> from some dude named Jedi Master Sifo-Diaz who said, Yeah, I-, I want all those fucking clones. Uh, give me every fucking one of them. The Republic will foot the bill. And he's like, Yeah, cool. I'm gonna do it. Like, he- he's always been kind of this slimy little fuck, obviously, if you really read between <laughs> the lines. Like, he's just like, what was he going to do if Obi-Wan never showed up? Was he just going to send the bill to the Republic and be like, hey, (laughs) can we come, uh, can someone come pay for these, please? I just made them all.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I'll be sending a collecting, sending you to collections soon (laughs)
2: uh,
0: if you do not respond.
2: Oh, and my collections department is this clone army I just built. So. That'd good be good news. It's free.
0: <laughs> we should do a
2: "What If" Star Wars series, and the first episode will be "What If the Republic Never Found Out About the Clones and Refused to Foot the Bill?"
0: That'd be cool. That'd be cool if we were still doing Patreon episodes. That'd be fun. Udala- We'd bring what we thought would happen.
2: Udaalafon would end up uh, using his clone army to take Coruscant. Bobby Moynihan. Bad. Who's Bobby Moynihan?
0: citizen number two
1: <laughs> what an idiot
0: uh <laughs> there's more but it won't, it won't let me see the more oh how do i how do i see the more uh what else did i oh i wanted to give a shout out to our our cool creature i'm sure it has a name somewhere in wikipedia uh in Mai, the uh when omega wanders outside the gate Mm-hmm. With on our our friendly uh, deserter farm, uh, when she wanders out there to get the ball, and uh, that creature comes after her. Yeah, that yeah creature yeah. that that it's the same one that uh, Padme fights in Episode Two. Oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I thought cool. that was cool. Thought that was cool. There's a classic. Uh-huh. I
0: was also at one one point I found myself um, wondering about Echo's helmet because he has that. You know, techno band that goes around his head. Yeah, like how does he get his helmet on and off? And they kind of just like they don't show it.
2: And then finally,
0: <laughs> I have it written down. Episode six, he puts his helmet on, and it like shapes around it. It like it like um, uh, conforms.
2: They realized they were like, "Oh shit! How does he get his helmet on?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought they just never show him taking it on or off, but they they did. It like builds around it, kind of.
2: Man, I can't wait for you to get through Clone Wars. Clone Wars season 7 is top-tier Star Wars. Like especially the last four episodes. But but it's all like everything with The Bad Batch is is really good. It's a great origin story. People say the Rafa and her sister, I always forget her sister's name, but people say her their story is stupid. I disagree. I think it's a good intro- reintroduction of another character that I won't say. Uh, but it's it's really really good. Uh, I'm really excited for you to get through that.
0: Cool. Yeah. Now that I've I was kind of burning through it at a pace that uh, left me left me needing a break,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: I've taken now. And after watching Bad Batch, I think I'm gonna kind of slide right back in. I'm yeah. I'm farther into season three than I thought because I'd finished the uh, the uh, Citadel stuff which is where echo you know dies yeah. yeah so i'm actually like right at the end of the season here
2: there's a lot of woof there's there's a lot of good stuff and yeah you did Citadel. So you did go some mortis oh my lord you like this is where it gets good man like this is where shit just gets off the rails like people are like <laughs> wait can they do this <laughs> Can they talk about these things in this kids show right now? Yeah, like, right. This is big, big canon. Like, why are they allowed to do this? And that kind of is like Dave Filoni was like, mm-hmm, I'm in charge now, bitches. And that was that. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> swinging, swinging his lightsaber around.
2: Um, It's great. Like, <laughs> season six is a little bit of a bummer just because it just it just kind of fizzles out. But season six mm. comes back with a vengeance.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Where. Um... You know it's hard for me to say, maybe just because of the the way that I had been watching the show, uh, Clone Wars. But Bad Batch had a stunning kind of cinema cinematographical
2: yes lens. Yes.
0: And did 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 Clone Wars evolve in the same way to have that? Or Season I- seven, a lot. Yeah.
2: Uh, less, less so, or before that, but season seven, yes. Um, it, it, it really was season seven was that point. I think they got a little more money. Um, they got a little more freedom to kind of not make a kid show, but just make a good show. Um, you know, I'm sure they were like, "Don't say cuss words," but it's like, other than that, like, yeah, you can shoot a guy in the head. Uh, by the way, you can shoot Tweelix in the head and they can live because why? Where are their brains, Mark?
0: Oh, in their ass? I don't know.
2: It's in their they're in their tails, their head tails. Oh, really? Yeah, their brains are um, in their head tails. Lacuni? Yep, that is why that uh, the Twi'lek senator survived the headshot is because he was not shot in the brain at all.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
2: Yes, that's why it was an attempted assassination, not
0: assassination. Wow, yes. I thought they were just playing it off like they were, um, you know. Trying used, to get, use that as leverage to to keep the citizens under their thumb.
2: He would he would theoretically survive that. Why? Well, no. <laughs> too bad. Star Wars is weird. <laughs> that guy fucking sucks. Yeah, he does fucking suck. He's always sucked. He sucks a lot in the Star yeah, Wars too. So. He
0: really does. He really does. Man, just the those last two episodes in particular. I don't know if it was because I've been watching on my phone a lot mm-hmm. at work on my breaks. Um these last couple episodes, I watched it on my TV at home, and I it was kind of the finale, so I just attributed it to that. But it may have been my uh, my device change as well. Mm-hmm. But it was just the framing. Uh, they did a lot of long takes of just you know <laughs> scenery, seeing Camino falling apart and collapsing into the ocean, and man, the, sh- it was
2: the shot visceral. Of- the shot of Rampart on the Venator, uh, as the storm is raging in front of him, was a fantastic shot. It was very, very good.
0: I was I was really impressed what they were able to do. Um,
2: this is I... it's exciting, man. Like you know, there's so much potential. Like, and it goes like I'm gonna say it again. Why are we doing a live action Ahsoka show again? Why? It can be animated. In fact, there's a fantastic voice actress who's really good at an ahsoka voice (laughs) uh she'd be great for it i i'm sure she'd be willing to do it too for for you know not a lot of money because she's a voice actress uh we should just do that i don't know like (laughs) we're just never gonna see that kind of stuff like the 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 stuff on with like the cad bane and and fennec shin fight is top tier Mm -hmm. it's top tier star wars that like Rivals some of the best scenes in like Empire, you know, like it's so good, and we're we'll just, I will just won't we'll see that.
0: I'm impressed with their blocking of the animated scenes, really. I mean, a lot uh, for them, you don't see it a lot because they're usually just shooting at each other and yeah. hiding behind things and throwing grenades or whatever. But the uh, yeah, that that Cadbane Fennec shard fight. Uh, their 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 choreography with animated figures is impressive, mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know how much that was blocking out in real life and then transporting it into that medium or what.
2: I'm I'm sure. I I am sure that they hire some fight coordinators to like block out fights, film it a bunch, and then send it over to the animators to be like, there you go. Like that. That's how that's how like good animation is is done, and you could tell that it's so real.
0: Yeah, you get Benedict Cumberbatch crawling around on the ground, with a bunch of tennis balls, ping pong balls taped to him. Well, that's how uh,
2: that's how they filmed Groot's dance in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Oh yeah, James Gunn did the dance and then sent it to the, to the animators. And said this is the dance I want. <laughs> that's how it happened so that's actually james gunn james,
0: james gunn did a tiktok and then sent yeah.
2: that to the
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right well i think that's all i pretty much have to say overall
2: good uh let's wrap it up uh with how we usually wrap up star wars episodes uh i think we both know the answer but we'll make it quick to give our Final wrap-up thoughts. Mark, was this good Star Wars or bad Star
0: Wars? (laughs) Good Star Wars. All the way through, in and out.
2: Easy enough. Uh, Yeah, I say the same. Good Star Wars. Great Star Wars, in fact. Uh, If you're a fan of Clone Wars, see it. If you're a fan of The Mandalorian, stop it and go see this instead. Uh, It's so good. It's so, so good. Um, That's it. Next week unfortunately we are talking sorry there wasn't an episode last week by the way uh i'm the only one who would have been there and i don't think anyone would want to hear me for 60 minutes make the 60 minutes sound effect um (laughs) (laughs) i would listen to it oh thank you what Uh, was last week it was vivarium and we will do it don't worry so if you watched vivarium in anticipation of our podcast episode on it oh it will be coming uh we just need a couple weeks to record it because next week we are going to be discussing the unfortunate new Hugh Jackman film Reminiscence um written by the Christopher Nolan wannabes Uh, I don't know it looks awful it looks so bad but like it's a new sci-fi film so we gotta cover it um so go see it in a theater I guess and then uh come listen to us Make fun of it, or be pleasantly surprised by it. It happens. It happens. It is. It's Lisa Joy, uh, and Lisa Joy is probably the best part of Westworld. So maybe it'll be good. But she seems a little too inspired by Christopher Nolan. So there's that.
0: There's um, so A few Westworld people in here, isn't there? Oh yeah,
2: it's. And she she kind of took everyone with her when she when she did this. So. I'd wish she would uh, not work on this and instead go work on Westworld Season 4, but uh, (laughs) I can't always get what I want. So we will be doing that, and then I think Vivarium is the week after, so uh, stay tuned for all that goodness. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, what does he always say? Until next time. See you next time. Until next
1: time.